I'm Scott Kerr, and you're listening to Facing the Giants, a podcast where I speak to today's luxury entrepreneurs about taking on the Goliaths of the industry. Today, I'm speaking with Luis Torres, co-founder of Freud Cigar Company, a startup cigar company brand that evokes one of the most famous cigar smokers in history, Dr. Sigmund Freud. Luis is an experienced luxury sales, retail, and marketing executive who, over the course of his extensive career, has led architecture, national operations, and growth strategy for some of the most prominent luxury cigar brands. He has also served as national director of retail for leading global cigar brand Davidoff of Geneva and most recently CEO of Casa de Monte Cristo, the largest luxury cigar retail chain. Welcome, Luis. Hi, Scott. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. So I'd love for you to share your professional background before launching Freud Cigar Company. Yes. Well, uh, my career has been luxury goods. Uh, the start of my career was uh, jewelry and watches. I worked for the Danish uh, luxury house, uh, George Jensen, Gary Jensen. Mm-hmm. Just so happened that the CEO of that company became the global CEO of Davidoff of Geneva. And uh, he invited me to, uh, to join the premium cigar industry and uh, invited me to interview. And uh, the next phase of my career became luxury, uh, premium cigars and accessories uh, for, for a decade. So uh, I think the better part of my life has been, I was thinking about it recently, European luxury houses uh, and one, one form or another of uh, curated, beautifully handmade uh, you know, either, either jewelry watches or, or premium handmade cigars or accessories, one manner or other of luxury uh, something. And uh, that's, that's kind of been my whole life. So were you a cigar smoker when you got into the business? Uh, yes. I mean, I was a cigar smoker, but middling, I'd have a cigar here and there, but I didn't know what I was doing. You know, when I, when I joined Davidoff, I, I just completely fell in love. You know, and I think you see it in a lot of different ways in other industries is that you know, people, uh, in the knock in, in some quarters of the, the watch business is there's a lot of guys that, that are in the watch business don't love watches. A lot of them are in it because it's a nice paycheck or, you know, somehow they stumbled into it. And the same thing with cigars. I think you see you have some segment of people that, you know, it's a nice business and they kind of came upon it and other people it's that and, and they fell in love with it. And I'm in that camp where I just fell in love with it. With a crowded premium cigar market with both top brands and boutique brands, what was the opportunity that you saw that inspired you to launch Freud Cigar Company? I, I thought that there was a great opportunity to create a, a premium luxury house. Uh, I wanted to do it with you know the people I knew. Uh, it just so happened that uh, one of the greatest names, if not maybe the greatest name alive uh, that's ever done it was, was going to soon be available uh, to work with. I had a vision about the kind of cigars I wanted to make. I wanted to, you know, if you're paying attention, a lot of people are making cigars that are a little bit too strong, a little bit too overwhelming. You know, it's, it's kind of what's happened to the American market. And I wanted to do something a little different. Cigars that, that were complex, interesting, uh, but that were a little bit more accessible. Uh, and that's, that's what we've done. So that's, that, that I think in a nutshell is, is what I saw the opportunity and, and what was, what was available. And uh, I think we've done a great job. So with a name like Freud Cigar Company, the brand was obviously inspired by one of the most famous <laughs> cigar smokers, Sigmund Freud, who reportedly puffed through like 20 cigars a day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You even have an illustrated portrait of the man himself yes. on your cigar bands. Yes. So why, why did you choose Freud for the brand? Is it more than just the association with cigar smoking? Yeah, I just think a super interesting uh, world historical figure 
uh, you know, so much breakthrough work, you know, in, in many ways, even more prominent than Churchill as a cigar smoker, certainly more prolific. You know, I, I just, you know, when I was thinking about what we were going to name this, it just, it came upon me and I'm like, this is the perfect opportunity. And we, we, we had a few meetings and I'm like, but it's not going to be available. Our law firm Denton's the white shoe international law firm that does all our work. They did a worldwide search and, you know, they came back and they're like, it's completely available and it can be yours. Wow. And, uh, and in short order, we, we took all the steps to, uh, to trademark the, the, the name for, for premium cigars and cigars, tobacco accessories. And uh, it, just, it just all made sense. It just all made sense. If I'm really honest with you, I wanted to name it Reina Cubana, Cuban Queen, which was the cigar brand that Freud smoked. Ah, and then, and I've, I've just trademarked that. So now I can, I can tell people the, the story in total. <laughs> <laughs> and naturally, and naturally with a name like Freud Cigar Company, you decided to name your first cigar superego. Yeah. Now, now, according to Sigmund Freud's psychoanalytic theory, the superego dictates our moral compass of holding what's right and what's wrong. Is that kind of the hidden message here? That is the hidden message. That is the hidden message. I think people, what I, what I really didn't want is for people to think that this was kind of an ego play about having a big ego. Uh, I wanted it to be a little bit more nuanced and, and elegant than that. And that's exactly right. We wanted it to be, you know, we wanted to tie it back to, to something in his trove of work and, and something that people would instantly understand. And, you know, and we wanted the opportunity to tell people what you just said, that, you know, this, this, this dictates the moral standards of, of what, uh, you know, Freud espoused. And that's, that's what we wanted this message to be about the cigar. And we're really proud of it. So you just launched in May, right? Um, how many people do you employ right now? Uh, right now it's about four. It's going to be five, uh, in, in different roles in different countries, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're growing. And how big do you want to get? Big enough that we're successful, uh, but not so big that we can't continue to make uh, an exceptional product. And, so you uh, want to stay in that boutique mode at least? Yes. Yes. I want this to be boutique. I want this to be curated luxury. Uh, you know, we're, I've had meetings all week with sales reps and I'm like, we're, this won't be discounted. There's no buy one, get one. There's no 10% off. You know, we want, it, we want to protect this brand and we want it to be something that's enduring. And you position yourself as a luxury cigar company. What exactly does that mean? Okay, that's a great question. I'm, I've been dying for somebody to ask me that because I think everyone says they're luxury and it's almost the default. They, you know, oh, we're luxury. This is luxury. Well, well, why is it luxury? Why are you calling it luxury? What's luxury about it? And that's an excellent question. The packaging that we've elected to use is luxurious. It's, uh, you know, when you see a box, you know, the, mm -hmm. the varnished wood, the, the actual artistry involved in the bands, three bands, uh, you know, we, we spent an incredible amount of time making this a beautifully, kind of like a jewel box. But, you know, of course, everything isn't just the packaging, but the packaging plays a part. You know, all our tobaccos are at least three to four years aged. We wanted to work with some of the best blenders in the world, and we are, you know, Weaver Ventura. Uh, spent, you know, over a decade with me at Davidoff of Geneva. He was set to become their master blender. Uh, he has worked with some of the great boutique blenders uh, in, in, in the world. And um, if you put all that together, it's, it's a really compelling message. It's, it's, it's top shelf product with a great flavor profile, 
and curated in a way that's beautiful. That if you put it, you know, it's, it's kind of jewelry for the table when you put a beautiful box of cigars uh, and you open it and it, it just, you know, cigars make everybody smile. We wanted it to be luxurious. We've, I think we've attained that. And the Dominican Republic has a reputation of being the top exporter of premium handmade cigars in the world. Is that why you chose to make your cigars there? Yes and no. Yes and no. Um, the Dominican Republic was for me where all my contacts were, uh, where Davidoff was based, where I worked uh, you know, over a decade. And it, it just so happens that the people that I knew uh, that I wanted to work with were there. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, in my opinion, some of the better uh, cigar brands uh, like Fuente and Davidoff make exceptional cigars in the Dominican Republic. I did consider Nicaragua, uh, which, is, which is actually the, the biggest exporter uh, after Cuba of, of premium handmade cigars into the United States. Uh, what I mean after Cuba is as, as a counterweight, you know, obviously you can't import Cuban tobacco. Right. But the yeah, DR it was, you know, a perfect choice. And why do you think Cuban cigars are more famous on the international market? Oh, God, that's a great question. Um, there's a lot of mythology involved with Cuban cigars, just like French champagne and, and red wine and, and, you know, Italian shoemaking. Uh, you know, the reality is we're in the golden age of, of premium handmade cigars. There's never been more innovation. There's never been more money behind it. Uh, you know, I think Cuban cigars, when you get a good one, are amongst the best in the world. But to say that they're the best, I think would not be factual. Uh, you know, there's so many, so many great brands out of the Dominican Republic, out of Nicaragua. Uh, and there, you know, there's, there's tobacco now from so many regions, Ecuador, Mexico, the Bahamas, uh, Honduras, Cuba, obviously. Uh, you know, there's, there's Connecticut here. They're even growing cigar tobacco in Southern Germany. Most people don't know. So, hmm. you know, there's great, there's great cigars. And I think Cuban cigars are among the best. And, and would, you know, when they make a great one, they're among the best cigars you can get. But there's a lot of great stuff out there. Before you were just talking about blending cigars and how do you go about blending a new cigar like the Super Ego, for example? What's the process look like? It, it depends on your objectives and, and the kind of profile you're, you're trying to create. So... Uh, we wanted to make something that was a little bit more medium body and accessible. Um, something that, you know, even a, a guy that was not that well-versed in smoking cigars could, could possibly enjoy. So I think you have to first think, okay, so what, you know, who, who are we trying to talk to and what kind of, what kind of flavor strength profile are we trying to create? Then you kind of work backwards. You kind of, well, what, what are the sizes going to be? And then, you know, the sizes actually dictate the strength. People don't know this, but the, the smaller the ring gauge, the more potent. It's the opposite of what people think. If you get a big gauge cigar, uh, you know, it's, it, it's actually just more nicotine. The punch is, is in a Lancero and a Corona, you know, a Robusto size. And those are the more traditional Cuban sizes that are, uh, you know, smaller. And so then, you know, that, so that's the conversation, you know, what, what sort of flavors do we want to accomplish? What kind of strength do we want to accomplish? And then subsequent to that, what are the kind of sizes we're looking at? And that's, that's the way I approach this. And I would imagine like a small startup boutique cigar companies like Freud have a daunting task. You know, the product must yes. be top notch, costly yeah. to be controlled, and you kind of need okay. to get known. So how does your company different from the rest of the pack? 
Well, I think uh, what, what makes us different is, you know, we're not just working with uh, the four or five factories that most people are working with. You know, we're working with Eladio Diaz and he's making our, our second cigar and he's, you know, a legend globally. And it's, it's one of his first projects after leaving Davidoff to Geneva. I think that's a big differentiator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Weber has certainly worked with a lot of other folks, but, you know, this, this particular cigar, I think, is quite special. And he doesn't really work with a lot of people either. Uh, as, as much as he works with, with a few uh, dedicated vendors, uh, you know, he's not somebody that's making cigars for just about everybody. So I think that makes it different. And the Freud narrative, the Freud name, uh, the kind of imagery and marketing uh, and creative that we're putting out, I think that makes it interesting and compelling and disruptive. So I think if you put all that together, it's a, it's a great story. And, and, and we'll, we'll get people interested. So if you were to describe Freud Cigar Company collection to someone who hasn't even smoked them yet, what would you tell them about your cigars that make them unique? They're tasty. They're complex. They're not overpowering. They're accessible. And the kind of imagery and, and, and storytelling that we're telling is unique and compelling. So guys are sitting in a humidor, you know, they're, they're looking at what other people are smoking. And if you look at our bands, if you look at how beautifully uh, wrapped our cigars are, the, the oily wrapper, the pigtail cap, uh, it's, just, it's just a great product. And, uh, and then when you light it up, it, it's, it, it doesn't disappoint. So overall, I think it's a beautifully curated product that lots of folks will enjoy. As a new to market brand, how are you getting these cigars into the hands of customers? Great question. So Illusion uh, Cigars out of Reno, Nevada, they're one of the great boutique brands. Uh, Dion Giolito uh, obviously is an icon and they have a very strong distribution business in the United States. When, when I looked around and thought who we could partner with, uh, you know, they made sense. You know, they've, they've, got, they've got the clientele, they've got the know-how and, and I've known those guys for over a decade. So uh, they'll have nationwide distribution. We've got four dedicated brokers, reps uh, for different regions. And then uh, obviously we're, we're supporting all of that with the trade show in Las Vegas, the PCA trade show, which is the 8th to the 12th, where we are flying Eladio Diaz. Uh, this is the first time publicly we're telling anyone. Uh, so he's going to be on site, the legend himself, in our booth. That's, that's how we're getting the word out and, and getting it into consumers' hands and, and into retailers' hands. So when you have these, um, this distributor that's um, sending them out to these retail outlets, are you looking at specific targeted retail outlets or you're going mass? Uh, well, look, it, it, our, our cigars are, are not on the lower end of the spectrum price-wise, right. uh, whether it's premium pricing. So I think that by design, that's going to make uh, the kind of retailers that are looking at this and buying this, the better ones and the more affluent ones. And I think that's exactly where we'll end up. What are you doing on social media to, uh, to gain awareness? We've got an Instagram page. Uh, we're, we're, we, have, we have a great company out of Vancouver curating it. Uh, we, we, we wanted to do something elegant and not something, you know, where, where we're posting all the time and constantly hashtagging. You know, if you look at our Instagram page, Freud Cigar Co., uh, it's, it's, it's beautifully done. Uh, it's staggered, elegant, uh, and, and we're taking our time and we're, we're making something that, that I think is, is every bit as elegant as we, we think, uh, you know, Freud was, is, uh, the living brand that we're creating. 
So uh, that's the extent of our presence right now. And who do you see as your customer? Who's going to embrace the Freud brand first? Well, um, we're hoping that it's guys like us, you know, uh, mm-hmm. people that love luxury, that love a good time, that, that love luxury goods, uh, that appreciate well handcrafted, curated products. Uh, you know, I think Dave Stadnick, George Safalas, myself, uh, you know, obviously they have more means than I do, but I appreciate beautiful things and, and have some. And, uh, you know, they, they love to have a good time, as do I. And uh, I think overall, that's, that's the kind of consumer we want. We want somebody that, that wants affordable luxury. And it's a good time, too, because, you know, high income consumer demand for luxury is accelerating, which can be attributed to kind of reopening and more purchasing occasions. And we're also seeing the premium cigar market yeah. has also been booming. Yeah, and there's no slow and doesn't look like it's slowing down. And that's, that's despite pandemic shutdowns and cigar factories, particularly in Dominican Republic and Honduras in the first half of 2020. What do you attribute to the surge in demand for premium cigars? Yeah, that's that's a great. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So you're seeing companies like Chanel having, you know, incredible years. Uh, Rolex can't keep up with demand. Uh, Patek Philippe. Uh, so yeah, so I think in the luxury sphere, uh, it's it's never been better. Uh, with premium handmade cigars, yes, we're we're in the middle of a boom, and I think that was it was COVID related. I think a lot of folks had a lot of time you know, to enjoy their home and to spend time at home. And they, they took up more smoking or just took up uh, smoking cigars. I had, a, you know, I had an inkling that they might want to, you know, try this or try that with a whiskey or single malt scotch uh, that, that they uh, usually have on the weekends or with friends. And I think that's made for a boom. And uh, it's, it's the absolute best time uh, to, to get into this industry right now, I say, because, uh, you know, it's both from a luxury standpoint and from a premium handmade cigar standpoint, it's, it's a very strong business. So you recently announced that you hired longtime industry veteran <laughs> Eladio Diaz uh, as serving as the master blender of its second cigar. Can you explain to listeners what a master blender does and what will Mr. Diaz add to the quality of the cigar? Well, first, let me frame uh, who, who the man is and then I can uh, that would be great. Yeah. So Eladio Diaz would be, if I could say Bob Dylan in the 60s, you know, so the one of the most iconic, revered uh, people in the entire industry. He's not showy. He doesn't really show up to events. He doesn't do interviews. Perhaps the most elusive of the greats and curated the entire globally recognized uh, portfolio for Davidoff of Geneva and was there for almost 40 years. So uh, this, is, this is a gigantic, uh, mag- you know, huge, uh, you know, undertaking to have somebody like this work with us and, and to curate our second cigar, a limited edition of that. So in, in and of itself, that's a huge deal and a huge deal within the industry. When you add to that, uh, the fact that he's going to be joining us at the PCA trade show in, in person, uh, you know, it just, it just makes for great fun. Uh, a master blender. So a master blender uh, curates, much like wine uh, or a chef uh, at dinner, curates and creates your vision. Uh, in this case, I told him, I, you know, your vision is more than enough for me. I want you to make uh, the, this size cigar. Uh, you know, we're going to announce at some point what it is. Uh, and I want it to be really complex, really interesting, really 
something unique that's going to get people excited. And that's exactly what he delivered. And that's why we we're calling it the, you know, a love letter to the craft and calling it agape, which means in, in Greek, uh, you know, the highest form of love. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of this, this blend is his love letter to the industry. So the FDA regulations have been an issue in, in the cigar industry. Do you, are you finding them almost impossible to succeed in the cigar industry with these regulations? Uh, well, I, I, not, not at present, the regulations. I think what's on the table and what's being mulled over and what, what we're all fighting, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, getting rid of, of packaging uh, in a way where it's like Australia or Canada, where, you know, you can't have a brand. Uh, it's just basically a bland, unbanded, unboxed kind of product. I, I think that just takes away from, you know, the majesty, the beauty of what a, a brand, a cigar brand could and should be. Uh, and then, you know, and I don't think, you know, premium handmade cigars should be treated like cigarettes. It's, uh, you know, kids don't buy it. It's too expensive for them. And uh, it's, it's, it's a luxury product. It's, it's, it shouldn't be looked upon like, uh, like cigarettes, but cigarettes are a mechanical thing that people get hooked on to get a fix. Uh, cigars are something that people bring out to celebrate a birthday, a graduation, a baby being born, a milestone in their lives. It's not a mechanical thing like cigarettes and it should be looked, you know, cigars are different and they should be looked upon differently and regulated differently, not, not in the same vein as cigars, as cigarettes. So do you have any plans for the brand to expand into cigar accessories like cigar cutters, humidors, storage boxes, things like that? Yes, yes. I have, I have a few ideas and a few partners that I've been thinking about. We're, we've got a lot on our plate now, but certainly I'd love to make something with my friends at ST DuPont Paris or Ellie Blue Paris. Uh, I'd love to make, uh, you know, the iconic line to lighter that uh, Marilyn Monroe and Humphrey Bogart we're fond of using mm -hmm. uh, into a, a Freud branded piece at some point. Uh, these are just ideas I'm throwing out, but uh, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to see that. And I think it would be the natural progression for the brand. So what can we expect from Freud Cigar Company in the next 12 months? Do we see like an uh, id and an ego collection perhaps? <laughs> or even better yet, a Freudian slip edition? Actually, we are working on something with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes, uh, you're going to see uh, you're, you're going to see more regular production cigars, more limited edition cigars. Uh, a lot of the imagery and uh, vocabulary of what Freud is known for and, and revered for uh, in branding as well. And uh, we're working on something that's going to be hyper premium. Uh, as that's a special project. So there's just a lot of cool stuff that's coming down the pike. So uh, it's exciting. It's exciting yeah. for me because it's like, it's like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. I mean, what does it feel like to, to build your own luxury brand? Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's exhilarating. I sometimes I wake up and I can't believe, you know, how, how did, you know, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity and, you know, we've got great, you know, visionary leaders, uh, we, you know, the private equity firm that we're partnering with that, uh, you know, David Stadnick and I, George, you know, we got great people that understand and want the same things. And when, when you put all that together, it's a great, great story. Well, lots of luck to you, Luis Torres, co-founder of Freud Cigar Company. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Scott, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. This was uh, fabulous. Thanks. Thanks again. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Facing the Giants. Please tell a friend about the show. Now that you know this show, go check out my other podcast, The Luxury Item. It's a podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the industry. You can find The Luxury Item wherever you found this podcast. Facing the Giants is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'll be back soon with another episode.